We're like, we're going to start a, a strategy to grow. Some of you have joined the gym and you're going for it this year. Well, you know, I hope you've not wasted your money. But here what we do is we're going to start a campaign. We're going to lay some foundations today. And after six weeks, we're going to build into your life. Six weeks, six short weeks. We're going to build into your life a culture of prayer like you've never prayed before. Wouldn't that be great, church? Now, if I said to you this year, if we come to 2020, every single one of us would say, I want to grow this year. That's, that's our heart. It, it's important we grow because it's God's will that you grow. His desire for you is that you get strong. And, you know, I, I have got the, just the cutest grandchildren. Just the, oh, they're just so gorgeous. If you could see my grandchildren, it's like we, we don't post much on the internet with them because we're keeping them to ourselves. You know, if you could, you could just butter wouldn't melt in their mouths. But, you know, if they didn't grow... If I said, oh, I want you to stay one and just be one all your life, that wouldn't be great. You see, every single one of us would see that growth is normal. And it's true that most, now listen to this. This is the first key truth of this message. Most of the problems that you have, you know, being manipulated by people, being manipulated by your moods, being, being tossed around, by circumstances, reacting wrongly to relationships, that most of the problems in your life occur because of lack of spiritual growth. This is the truth. And if you grew up this year, not to say that you're not grown to a point, but if you grew further this year, many of the things that that bother you and ail you and the things that come against you, you would be able to navigate them much better. On your outline, there's a verse there called Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, on your outline, it reads like this. We, we are not meant to remain as children as many uh, at the mercy of every chance and wind of teaching. Instead... We are meant to hold firmly to the truth in love, to grow up in every way into Christ. Now, if Christ is our model and he is our perfection, wouldn't it be great to be more like him this year? This scripture, Ephesians 4, 4 verse 14 and 15, tells us that we can grow. You can grow this year. But there's a reason that some people don't grow. Have you ever met somebody who, who's quite old, but they're immature? Have you ever met that? I was, I was watching a documentary about, about Glasgow. I'm not saying anything about Scottish or Glasgow people, but it was, just happened to be about that. You know, but there were people there, and, and they were just into drink or drugs, and you know, they wanted to find out with the next girl to go out with. And what I was, what I was reflecting was, is, you're teenagers. You got stuck. At being a teenager. Not that teenagers, all teenagers do that. But it was like that they were just stuck in this really low level of life. Have you ever met people like that? And I'm, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we've got to be so old and serious that we can't have fun. I mean, those of you who know me, I, did anybody know this? I can be silly sometimes. 
I mean, it's a shock, isn't it, to you? I'm not talking about being old and stuffy, but have you ever met people, they are, they are old, but they've never grown up. And yet, there are some people who are quite young, and, and yet, they're really mature. Being a continual baby is tragic. In fact, there are more medical people in the house than me. There are diseases called that that, that, don't, uh, that say about stunting of growth and so on. I've got lovely grandchildren, but I want them to grow. It's because we've not followed through on spiritual laws and spiritual growth that we are then saying to ourselves, I am stuck. Before we get into this whole series of how to pray, I'm going to do something really quite foundational. And and this is the foundation for the whole series. Uh, And we will be talking about prayer in the next few weeks. But I want us to go back to basics and look at how we grow. Now, there are laws, and I mean laws, like traffic laws. You drive on the left on this country. I don't, we've got some friends from Norway. I don't know whether you drive on the right or on the left in your country. I don't know what the Norway law is. But if you're driving a car, it's left here. Don't break that law. Otherwise, you're going to have an accident. Do you know what I mean by law? It's something that cannot be broken. The law of gravity. Please don't try and fly. Otherwise, gravity as a law will act on you. Some of you are looking at me like, okay, what I'm talking to you about is there are laws that happen that are not movable. It's the same spiritually. I'm going to share with you six laws. I'm not going to dwell on everyone so long, but six laws of spiritual growth. And they are laws. If you uh, buy into them, work with them, you will grow. Number one, you will grow, first law, when you regularly feed on God's word. What would it be like if you only had one meal per week? I mean, even if it was Sunday roast dinner. You know, you had a good meal per week, but you didn't eat on Monday, Tuesday. You know, maybe it would last you that long, but by Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you were feeling a little bit jaded. By the time it was Saturday, it'd be unhealthy and you'd be famished. One meal a week is not enough. Jesus said it this way. It's there on your outline. People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. You know, you have to eat every day. And actually, you have to eat healthily every day. Can can I just confess something? You know, uh, Kathy and I, we're we're so romantic. You know, me and my wife, we we just love it. I I know how to treat uh, a woman and, you know, romance her. I took Kathy to McDonald's twice over the Christmas holidays. (laughs) You know, and we were sitting there in Cape Hill McDonald's, so new. And, you know, and we sat there and we started to smile and say, you know what? Ah, the spark is still there. McDonald's. And then we were on a trip and we, we kind of had some chips at McDonald's. We had a great chat though, didn't we? And that, that was just a great time. You know, but if you eat McDonald's every day, now, because this is on the internet, McDonald's can be nutritious in certain circumstances. 
So just to, just to say that legally so that we don't get in any trouble. But you've got to feed on healthy input every single day. Not once in, you know, once in a blue moon, but every single day you've got to put God's word into your heart. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 is on your outline there. Now I commit to you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you the inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. That's what my translation says. You know, you have an inheritance in God, but unless you get into the word of God, there are some things in your life that God can't give you because you're not feeding on his word. The Bible says that we have to feed on God's word and as we feed on it, he can give us blessings. Earlier, I asked you to raise your hand and say, we're going to higher and deeper. You know, God has got some blessings for you. But unless you feed on his word, he cannot give you those blessings. Because you won't know how to handle them. You know, there are some things that a baby can't have. There are some things that you don't say, oh, you're a child, you can do this. And it's the same in spiritual growth. There are some things that God can't give you. He wants to so much bless you. He wants to give some mature things into your life. But until you feed on the word of God, then he can't give you that. So you're praying all these prayers. You're crying, you're singing and everything. But you're praying all these prayers. And God's saying, I'd give it to you. But you're not strong enough because you're not feeding. Now, let me just give you an illustration about how we, how we hold on to truth. There are several ways in which we do it, and it's there on, on your outline here. We feed on God's word by, we grip it. And I want to use my, my four, five fingers and my palm for this illustration. First of all, we hear the word of God. And, and it's like with my little finger here, my pinky finger, I'm holding on. Say this, this rod is truth. I'm holding on with one finger. Now, now Josh here, he, he's athletic or, you know, um, Sakura here, she's, she's more athletic. And, and she could just come and rip this out of my hand because I'm holding on with just one finger. But you see, another way of hearing God's truth is, you know, when we've heard it, we listen on Sunday, we perhaps re-listen to it on the internet, you know. That's why I'm going to ask you to take some notes over the next few weeks. It's not our culture to take notes. But hey, we're changing up a little bit. And some of you are going to sit through this message and you won't have taken any notes because we don't usually do that. But by week three, you're going to say, I'm going to bring a pen. Because listen to this. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. If you write something down. So we're going to take some notes during our message because we don't only want you to hear it, we want you to study it a little bit. Second thing is, every day I'm going to read the Word of God. Now I've got a grip on truth, I've got two fingers there, but I'm going to read it. You know, you're in a spiritual battle. Every day Satan dispatches birds to come and steal away the Word of God from your heart. And from your mind. And so if you read it on Monday and then skip it till Thursday, what you read on Monday, it's been stolen. So you've got to read it every day. So every day, if you read the word of God, just read it. So you hear it, then you read it. My third finger, look, is I'm, look, I'm getting a stronger grip. 
So, Cora, I don't think you could rip this out. Maybe you could. I'm going to strongly rip it. My third way is I'm going to study it. I'm going to take some time to have a little more of a pause and think it through. That's why we've, we've given you a, a daily devotional to perhaps a, slow down a little bit and think it through. You're going to study it. And then fourthly, if you begin to memorize it. Oh, now some of you grew up in Sunday school. You had a memory verse. I'm going to give you a memory verse today. I'm going to give you a memory verse for you to memorize. I want you to write it down on your notes. But look, my grip's getting stronger. I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm reading it. I'm, I'm studying it. Look, now I'm memorizing it. And this truth, I can now, I've got more of a grip on it. And then I, the Lord says, why don't you meditate on it? And I can wrap my thumb around it. And if I meditate on it, then Josh, you, could, you can't rip this out of my, Sakura, even with your muscles, you can't rip this out of my hand. You know, and then my palm is then I apply it. You see, we don't want you just to learn about prayer. We want you to come to a prayer meeting and, and, and do it. And we want you to build something into your life. Look at this. I'm now, look at me now. I'm a truth ninja. I've got truth. Enemy comes at me. Look at that. Because I've got a grip on the truth. And that's just with my left hand. You wait till I put it in my right hand. What a truth ninja. Because I've got a grip on the truth. You see, if you're just coming on a Sunday and you hear it once, this is you. You're a wimpy ninja. It's almost coming out your hand. But you see, because I've got my five ways of doing it. Look out, devil. I got you worried there, didn't I? (laughs) Let's put that down before somebody gets hurt. So first action step. Write this down. For the next 40 days, I am going to spend time with God. That's it. No ifs, no buts, nothing. Every single day, my action step for the next 40 days even if it's two minutes and it builds up to three, four, I'm going to spend some time with God. Second spiritual law. Man, I'm out of breath. When we grow, we all learn in different ways. You're unique. That's a spiritual law. You're unique. You've got different fingerprints. You know, your footprints are even different than other people's feet. Did you know that? You know, you've got a voice print. That your voice is different than others. If you leave a message on my answer phone, I don't need you to say your name. I know your voice. Mind you, there are 500 of you here. Please leave your name. But, you know, when I, when the people close, I think, oh, I don't have to ask, is that Pastor Nick? I just know his voice. You've got an individual voice print. You know your heart? You've got a heart print. Did you know that? That your heart, and the doctors in the house will tell you, your heart beats slightly different than everyone else's. You are a unique person. And the way that you learn will be different than other people. So we have to learn in lots of different ways. On your notes, I have just written down. John the Baptist spoke to people in different ways. The Lord says they're in various ways, by various means. He speaks to us. You need to avail yourself 
of the different type of opportunities so that you can learn. Some of you, you love this arena. You love just listening. You're auditory learners. You, you listen and you can just take something in. And you can just get it. Some of you are more visual learners. You have to watch something. And so we, we've created and we've got some DVDs for you to watch and, and to be able to do that. And some of you, you, you just need to see it as well. as That's why I'm being really animated today for the visual learners. That's why I'm being ninja. Because the visual learners are going to remember that. Some of you, not only do you watch and, and some of you... Uh, just listen. But some of you, do you know people like this? Some of you learn by talking. You don't know really what you think until you're talking it out. Now, I, I know that it's true that we have to think before we speak, but for some of us, we don't quite know what we think until we speak it out. Have you met people like that? I'm a bit like that. You know, we, we have to talk it out. And that's why being in a group, being in a prayer meeting, being in a small group is really important for you. See, in this arena, you can't really talk it out, but you can talk in a small group. And then there are people who like to listen, people who don't like to listen. There are people who don't like to watch. There are people who really don't like to talk. And there are people who don't do those things. They just do it. They're called men. Isn't it irritating, ladies? You know, when you say to your husband, Why don't you just read the instruction manual? And he says, no, no, I can figure it out. Now, I'm being stereotypical. There are some women like that. They just, you know, they just, you learn by doing. Most men, they don't like to talk. They don't like to listen. They don't like to watch anything. Let me just do something. Well, you could come to a prayer meeting and do prayer. You can do it. You can run along with us. You don't have to listen to a talk or anything. Just come and do it. You see, you learn by watching, listening, talking, and doing. And we're going to be doing all those three things in the next six weeks. Just six weeks. We're doing a campaign, church. Isn't that great? Oh, some of you are excited. My staff team are whooping and hollering because they get paid to. Okay, but what about you? We're doing a campaign, church. You see, we're going to build something in our lives. You see, we're not just going to do a sermon series now. If you come for the next six weeks and listen to the sermons, you're not going to catch hardly anything. You're going to catch something, but you won't catch anything because we learn in different ways. Number three, it's a spiritual law. We grow when we develop spiritual habits. Now, I cannot overestimate this, the importance of this point to you enough. I cannot say this more strongly. If you build good habits in your life, you're going to build a character. As you build a character, you're going to build a destiny. As you build your destiny, you're going to reap a harvest. Your habits will determine where your whole life goes. Now let this sink in. It's really important. Your character is the sum total of your habits. You cannot say, for instance, I'm a kind person. And you're only kind 25% of the time. You're not a kind person unless you're habitually kind all the time. Men, what would it be like if you turned to your wife 
Try this now. Let's see if you don't leave with a black eye. Okay? With a bruised nose. Turn to your wife and say, Honey, I'm going to be faithful to you 28 days out of the month. Don't try this, men. That means you're an unfaithful person. You see, partial faithfulness is unfaithfulness. Can I hear an amen? Partial obedience is disobedience. Now, I'm not saying we have to be perfect. And listen, I'm excited because we're doing a campaign. But there's going to be lots of grace, lots of help, lots of love, the wings of the Spirit. So please don't get overawed by this. But what I'm saying to you is your habits have to be consistent in order for them to do you any good. Look at John 13 and 17. It's on your notes there. Now, if you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Now, look, circle this. Practice them. That means you do them continually. If you, if you do them, you practice them. You can't get God's blessings by knowing what the right thing to do is. You have to get his blessings by doing the right things. I, I believe sometimes we sing beyond our experience. I, I believe we know more than we actually do. And that's the great thing about our worship services because they lift us up and paint a picture of a higher life that we can live. That's why coming together in worship is so important. You get God's blessings by doing the right things. Now, the way that you build habits into your life are by two things. You have to repeat them and practice them. Repeat them and practice them. It will take us six weeks Pastor Nick's going to preach next week. We're going to preach on this for six weeks. We're doing it as a team. You'll have notes to do do again. But look, repetition and practice in six weeks' time, if you stay with us and you join in with us, something will be built in your life. By March the 1st, isn't that amazing? Just through February, we'll get through Valentine's Day. Woo, how lovely. And all of that. But we'll get through all of that. And you'll have something in your life. So you can decide right now and say, I'm going to build something in my life in six short weeks. It's on your outline there. Hebrews 5 verse 14 says, solid food is for the mature, whose minds, notice this, have been trained by practicing it. You don't get to the Olympics church by hoping you get there. You have to develop habits that get there. You know, I've met, I've met lots of successful people in my life. I've met unsuccessful people. And the difference between the two is mainly the habits that they keep. I can't emphasize it enough that spiritual habits will cause growth in your life. All good athletes train hard. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 says, to pra- and they practice to get better. They do it to win a prize. But we practice to win a prize that will last forever. Here's four habits. It's on your outline there. Four habits. For the next six weeks, and, and you've got work schedules, I know, so it'll be different for you, but four habits. Had the habit of weekly large worship. In our worship here together, we paint a picture, we raise faith. There's, there's a moment that can really change you in worship. There's teaching that can be had in worship that you can't just have at home. It's a different experience. You need the habit of being in large worship each week. And and God bless you, you're here. 
But don't let that habit slip. Number two, the habit of, of connection and group fellowship. Either going to an alpha course, coming to a prayer meeting, or joining a small group. You know, in the first 300 years of Christianity, do you know there were no buildings? And that they met in homes? You know, they used to overtake the synagogue now and again, but it was largely a home group movement. And so when they, they met in Acts chapter 2, read it yourself. They met in the temple courts and they met in home. They had large worship and they had a group worship. Now, some of you are already going, oh, I don't know whether I want to join a small group. You know, those people, they may be grumpy. They may not like me. You know what? You might be grumpy. And those people will help you to change. The habit of connecting in and being in community. I'm going to say how you can do that in a few moments. But third habit, the habit of daily meeting with God. That's down to you. That's your time alone with God. Whether that's a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, you build it up over the next six weeks. Why don't you say, you know what? I haven't been very good with my quiet times, with my meeting with God times, but it stops today. From this Sunday, what is it, the 15th of January? What, 12th? Is it on the 12th of January? From 12th, 13th of January, I'm meeting with you, God. Why don't you say, I've got an appointment with you, God, tomorrow morning or sometime tomorrow. I'm going to do it for the next 40 days. Who's with me? Okay, that's some of you. I want to meet with God every single day for the next 40 days. Let me hear an amen, church. That's a habit you've got to get into. Number four, the fourth habit is the habit of memorizing God's word. Oh, Pastor Mark, what are you saying? Are you just a freak now? Let me take you back to Sunday school and school. How did you learn your times table? You didn't know what two times two meant. You just memorized it. And then you grew into the truth of it. What if I shared with you a scripture right now that told you in the spiritual way, how you can be successful and prosperous this year. Would you like to know that scripture? Would you like that in your heart? This is your homework. This is your memory verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This is what it says. You see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach you in the next few weeks. It, you know, I'm going to be pastor. I'm going to be shepherd. But you know what? I'm going to be spiritual coach. Is that okay, church? You know, you've got your gym fitness instructor. You've got your life coach. I'm going to be your spiritual coach over the next few weeks. Is that okay? Now, receive this coaching. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. That means you speak it out. You read it out loud. You meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Look at this. Then you will be prosperous and successful then you will be prosperous and successful. And we're defining that the way the Bible defines it. I pray that you memorize that one sentence this week. Why don't you do that as homework? That you say, I am going to memorize that. Because that will build a foundation into you. You ready for spiritual law number four? We grow when we help each other to grow. Did you know that? That when you reach out and help others, look at your outline there. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, We grow when we help each other to grow. I want us to help each other 
with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. In the NIV, it says that we may be mutually encouraged. That we may encourage one another. You cannot grow. Now hear me, this is a key truth of this message. How can I emphasize this? You you cannot grow on your own. You will never get to maturity alone. And there are some of you who are kind of isolated. I want to say something to you about those folks who are married as well. You, you, you're like not alone, but as a couple, you're isolated. You know, when you hear this sermon about, you know, this message about, um, you know, you can't grow alone. You say to yourself, oh, I've got my wife. But you don't hold her accountable. She doesn't hold you accountable. You, you're kind of just being married together. And what I want to say to you is, is that I've met many married couples who they are actually spiritually isolated. 56 times in the New Testament, it says, you cannot do this alone. It talks about the one another's. It says, love one another, care for one another, help one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. You can't, you can't just be a spiritually more mature person on your own. And and this is great cultural kind of prophetic statement against our society that says, so long as I've got a screen and have this pseudo connection, I'm not alone. Now listen, face to face, skin to skin, life to life, that's community. Now we do the social media thing, and we may do Skype, we may do phone things, we're trying to help you, but you know, you cannot live this Christian life alone. The Bible says, 56 times it says, build one another up, pray for one another. The only way to grow is to grow in community and in relationships. And we want to make it easy for you. We want to make it good that you can connect at different times. We don't want to be too prescriptive about that. But I want to urge you, as a law, we grow when we help each other to go. Remember, do you remember 1 Corinthians 12? It talks about the body. It says the hand needs the nose. The the arm needs the torso. The feet needs the eyes. We need to be a body together. You know, in some religions, and this is where Christianity is completely different. In some religions, it says the holiest people are these removed people who are isolated on their own. Have you ever noticed that? You know, they're up a mountain and they come down, say some wisdom, and then they go off, and you're not supposed to touch them. Christianity is completely different than that. We're not like gurus. In fact, the Pharisees, one of the accusations against Jesus was that he was always hanging around in parties. They was always hanging around with people. The scripture and the, the New Testament is so different. You only grow when you're in community. A baby is the most immature person, isn't it? Ah, oh, do things at my time. I want to eat now. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. You know, you only grow and grow up 
When you get into community, Hebrews chapter 10, it's on your outline there. It says, let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love and to do good. Basically, doing good to one another, that means. Let us not give up the habit. There's that word again. Let's not give up the habit of fellowship and the habit of meeting together. Now, we've given you cards out today and you can sign up and we'll help you get in a small group. But you know what? You, you can miss us out completely if you want to. And you could talk to your friends and say, hey, should we just do this thing together for the next few months? Should we, should we just do this? We'll help you. But if you know some people, you know, we wanted to train you. I can train you right now to be a host. H-O-S-2. No, H-T. H- 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 H-S-2 may happen, may not happen. I don't know. But host, H-O-S-T. Host, H, number one, you have to like people. That's one thing about being a host. Please don't invite somebody to your home and say, well, I'm just doing this thing. I don't really like you. No, you have to be welcoming. I'm just doing it because we've got to do it. No, be a host means you, you have to like people. O, just open up your home. Now, not to all and sundry and whatever. You know, get, get your friends around. Let's be safe about it. But say, hey, do you want to just, want to just come over? We'll watch a DVD. You don't even have to do any preparation. Pastor Nick's going to give you a link. We can give you a DVD. You just open up your home. S, serve them a drink. You know, they've been at work all day. Please don't leave them thirsty and gagging and thinking, well, we didn't even get a biscuit. You know, just serve them a little drink or something. Have a cup of tea. Tea solves everything. And T, in host, number T, turn on the DVD or tap on the link. That's it. There's your training. You could be a host for a group leader. Miss us out. Just let us know that you're having a group. Say, you know, say, hey, I didn't fill a card out, but me and Daisy and Maisie and Fred and Joe, we just got together and we just decided to do this. We do it at Friday nights at nine o'clock because that's the only time we're free. Uh, And then there's like four guys who are really hardcore. We do ours at midnight, you know, whatever. But get together with each other because we just make it easy for yourselves. Amen. Is that okay? You can have an Italian group, a Bulgarian group. We can have a Portuguese group. We can have a Spanish group. We can have a Lithuanian group. We can have an English group. Praise God. We grow, fifth law, we grow when we expect to grow. That's important. This is what I call the faith factor. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, he says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Now, faith's had a bad press over the years for us. But listen, do you realize that God blesses your life according to your faith? According to what you believe and expect your belief to be. That whatever you believe in him, he says, well, that's what you can have. Now, we know that faith is difficult and that sometimes we've asked God for things and he, in his grace and sovereignty, that's not happened. But you know, God does not bless you according to how much you complain. He blesses you according to how much you believe. There are some things in your life that you will only have unless you begin to believe for it, begin to expect for it. For these next 40 days, 
If you go, you know what, that was okay, I'm not, but I'm not sure anything's going to happen. You know what? If you expect nothing, guess what? Nothing's going to happen to you. You won't change, you won't grow. If you don't expect to grow, if you don't have the faith to grow, then it's, it's not going to happen for you. We grow according to our expectation, our faith. God moves when we begin to believe. Last law. We grow when we commit to grow. We grow when we commit to grow. Now, our action step so far has been start a daily walk with God. Second action step is join a small group. That's under point four. Or join some connection group. Come to a prayer meeting. But I'm going to ask you for a real action step in a few moments. When we choose to grow, and when we we will grow, it's when we intend to grow that we will grow. You see, unlike if you feed a child and it naturally grows, spiritual growth is different. Unless you choose to grow, you won't grow. You have to covenant and make a choice to do it. We can all grow older without becoming mature. Let me ask you something. One year from today, 2021, January the, well, it'll be the 13th Sunday next year. How different do you intend to be? Do you intend to be stronger? You see, being stuck is the worst thing in life. It's the worst thing for a church. It's the worst thing for a person. Being stuck with the same problems, the same attitudes, the same heart condition. Will you choose next year, by this time next year, I am going to grow. I am going to be different. It's your choice. It's a choice that some of you would have moved. Maybe, unfortunately, some of us would not have moved. See, Jeremiah says it this way. Jeremiah 29 says, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. If you really want me, you can have me. But it's your choice, says God. Why don't you covenant? Make a contract with yourself and with others and say, I am going to grow. And this is our third action step, that you covenant to grow. That you say to yourself and you say to others, I want to grow. Now, I'm using the word covenant, but do you know in all of your life you make covenants? You know, some of you have covenanted to buy a car and you've got 36 payments. That's your covenant. That's your contract. Some of you go to work and, and you've written a contract. You say, I will show up at this time and I will do this and you will give me this. much. That's a covenant. You live in those contracts. Why would we covenant in every other area of life and not stand before God and say, I covenant to you. I want to grow. I've covenanted to Kathy. Sickness and health, marriage, cherish, whatever those vows were. I can't remember them all now. They were great though, darling. But I'm covenanted to her. What about you? You've covenanted in every area of your life and yet God's standing there and saying, you never say anything to me. You never make a commitment to me. 
You, you want to be with me kind of, you know, I'm kind of in, I'm kind of out. Why don't we today as a church say we will grow? I'm not just talking about numbers. I'm talking about maturity and character and depth and life. What about it, church? Does anybody want to grow? You see, when some of you got married, some of you said, let's have some kids. You didn't know how to be a parent. See, some of you today, you'll be thinking, I don't know how to do this. That's not the point. You have to just say, I'm going to grow, and God will teach you along the way. When I, when I first had kids, my only prayer was, Lord, please don't let me break them. I didn't really know what I was doing. Today, you can choose to grow. You know, 11 years ago, it's 11 years in a few weeks, we were asked to come here and, you know, fits us here then and had all the choir, they were all dressed in red and they were singing. I even remember the songs and that, say, help is on the way, I remember that song and, you know, they were singing and, and I've been here a few weeks, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my wild Pastor Mark stuff, I'm really excited to be here. And one of the congregation members said to me, you know, you're saying all this stuff. You see, you have to understand the history. Ten years before I got here, the church had, and you know, for whatever reason, there were good reasons for some, and whatever, the church had had five different pastors. And they're all good men, good people. But in that time, I was saying, that, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And somebody came to me and they said, you know, you're saying all this stuff. But are you and Kathy staying? And right there we said, our only commitment is to just stay. And that was our commitment. And you know, we've been making it up as we go along maybe. But I'm just wondering whether you could just simply make a commitment without all the kind of knowledge of where it all might go, where you just say, I want to grow. If you'd like to make that commitment, would you stand with us? We've, we're coming into land. You see, as your spiritual coach, and I know that will be an irritating phrase over the next few weeks, but as your coach today, I want you to grow. I want you to be better. I want you to be stronger as a Christian. Our greatest wish and our prayer, the scripture says, it's on your outline, says that you would become mature. You see, we're going to talk about prayer and we're going to build something into our lives about 40 days of prayer. And I haven't really talked much about prayer, but can I say to you that I need a renewal in prayer. You need a renewal in prayer. This church needs a renewal in prayer. This city needs a renewal in prayer. And so as we say to ourselves, I want to be mature, let's begin to build things into our lives for the sake of ourselves and our city. You see, As your spiritual coach, I'm saying to you, choose to grow. 
and then you won't be manipulated by your moods. You're not going to be manipulated by people. You're going to be able to spot some people. You're going to be able to get some wisdom and say, well, my Bible says that and you're doing that, so I'm not doing that with you. you you're going to be able to not be manipulated by your, by your circumstances. You're going to be able to become the person you want, you want to become. You, you may not be able to become perfect. And, and, you know, sometimes there's going to be hard times and there may be a stretch. But God, all the time, there's going to be underneath the everlasting arms. Supporting you, filling you, leading you. But choice, uh, but growth is a choice. Commitment is by habit. Choice, habit and commitment and you will grow. So hey, why don't we decide we're not just going to be a slick or a trendy church. Why don't we put our roots down and be a mature church this year? Yeah? Lift your hand with me, if you will. If that's you. In fact, I'm going to say, if, if you're here, just, just come and join it just for a moment. Father, we covenant with you to grow. Wherever that takes us, we covenant with you to grow. Now, the enemy has already started to say, oh, but you've got your business, you've got this, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, just put all that aside for a moment and say, there are three action steps. I'm going to start a daily walk with God. I'm going to connect in as best I can. I'm going to connect in. But this is the action step. I'm lifting my hand to you, God, and I'm saying, I covenant with you to grow. You've signed a contract on your house. You've signed a contract in your marriage. You've signed a contract on your car. You've signed a contract in so many areas of life. And God has been left naked at the side saying, where was your commitment to me? Right now, in the spirit, Lord, I commit to you to grow. I don't all know what that means, but I commit to you that I'll follow you. We're going to sing for a moment, and then anybody who would like to come and take communion or anybody who would like to receive prayer about anything, I'll, I'll come back and just invite you to do that, and that'll be the end of our service. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Would you move on these beautiful, wonderful people? We love you, Jesus. Move on this church.